My name is Matt Brown. Little roller up along first. Behind the bag. It gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight and the Mets win it. And let's start the show. And the 3-2 pitch. Swung on a drill to right field. Going back Sanders. On the track. At the wall. See ya. See ya. The world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. You know, playing that Yankee clip, just reminding you of better days. Oh, we miss those days, especially for the Yankees. And we have a lot of baseball things to talk about. And before we get into it... I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out all exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. Whether it's our merchandise store, thanks to Zazzle, every single one of our podcasts and the video elements to it, whether it's the blogs I've written, the digital shorts that have been shot, Everything Productive Conversations Podcast is on our website, again, ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget also to check us out on the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at ProdConvoPod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. So I've had quite the day. It's a special Tuesday edition of the Productive Conversations Podcast, July 13th. This is our one show this week. I'm going on vacation This weekend, going down to Atlantic City and the Jersey Shore with my family. So we don't have a show again on Thursday, but we'll be back on Monday. But I've had quite the day. I hate my Hyundai Sonata. I hate it. Now, I'm lucky to have a car. I'm lucky I can afford a car. But it has been breaking down on me. It has been giving me a lot of issues. The tires, I swear, never stay sturdy for more than two months until I need to refill them again. Everything with that car I have is giving me headaches. And I didn't think that this show would be possible because Alex, the great Alex Young is coming on again. He was only available the day before the airing of this show on Monday. He had to work. We only had two hours between 12 p.m. and 2 p.m. to get this done. And then my Angelite is on. Go check it out. See if there can be any help. Uh, They wound up taking the car. And I had to stay in a waiting room for two hours until I could get picked up. And what happened was they offered a free ride service to get me back home. Even though they definitely should have lended me a loaner car. This is the second time this week. This is, sorry. This is the second time in two months that the car has to get checked again. My car broke down on my way to my vaccine. And now it's already back in the shop. What? About six or seven weeks since then. And I'm fucking angry. I am fucking pissed. I would not suggest anyone buy a Hyundai. And I, you know, I don't go crazy. The car is only three years old. It only has 27,000 miles on it. And yet, it breaks down often. It's not reliable. And whether it's me talking with the dealership in Stanford, Connecticut. Ugh. 
the, airing out my grievances there. Whether it's me talking to them on Twitter. I'm not mad at the people working at it. I'm mad at the situation. And I feel so cheated as a customer driving a damn Hyundai Sonata. Don't get it. I'm going to do my best to try to get a new car as soon as I can amongst this very busy schedule of mine. And as long as I can afford it, I would like to trade in the car as soon as I can. And um, though I'm happy and appreciative that I do have a car that I can drive, not everybody has it. It is very much a privilege to have a car in this world. But my car really, really gives me a lot of stress. And we almost lost the show today because of it. I only have, you know, we only had so much time with Alex to do this baseball show at the midpoint. And thank God we did. It's a blessing and miracle. We were able to record at the time that works for him. And that's why we're here today. But bottom line, Hyundai's are awful cars. Don't get them or you will be sorry like I am. Anyways, let's switch it up. As I said, take out the negative energy, bring in the good energy. And why is that? Because we have one of the most well-respected and good people in this world. Alex Young is back on. Another guy I talk to sports with often on this show. And we're talking baseball once again. And this really has been one memorable first half of baseball. First, the fans. We got to have we got to see fans back in the buildings again and at full capacity. We had the whole sticky stuff situation where pitchers got exposed and then they had to be accountable and they took it out of the game. And that has both really upset people, but also Made people happy because offense is coming back. We had the New York Mets in first place, impressing people. People are really happy to see what the Metropolitans are doing. And with players coming in and out from injuries, next man up. And they're really making some noise. And, well, they're in the first place position for the reason. And then the NL East, we had the New York Yankees. Just breaking hearts in the most disappointing season ever for for me as a Yankee fan, at least because of the high expectations we had. But the Yankees are, you know, maybe they're turning things around. I don't know. After Sunday's game, you really feel a gut punch seeing them blow a five-run lead in the bottom of the ninth and having Altuve of all people who always gets the last laugh, whether he's cheating or not against the Yankees. And he hit a walk-off home run against us. We won the se- the season series. We won that series in particular. But last night, remind or Sunday night, reminded you that this team needs some work. And then there's also great headlines like Shohei Otani being the best thing in baseball in years. You have uh, teams being big surprises: your Red Sox, your Giants, your Reds. And all in all, baseball is just really going for it making summer as fun as it can be as always. And on this, the day of the MLB All-Star Game, me and Alex Young reflect, look back, and reminisce about this crazy 2021 Major League Baseball season with highs, with lows, but most importantly, with entertainment. And with that, it's time to bring Alex back and let's talk some baseball. Alex Young, it's your turn once again. Let's get to it. Nothing will stop us from making a show, even in 
times that we cannot control the outcome. And even after the craziness of the past couple of days here, we're still doing a show. The show must go on. And I have no one better yet to do a show than our friend of the show, Alex Young, to talk about the midpoint of the baseball season with me. Alex, what's up, man? Thank you so much for being here after a crazy day we've had today. <laughs> Uh, I'm doing good, man. Uh, looking forward to having this conversation again. Thank you for having me on the show yet again. Looking uh, forward to talking some midseason baseball, heading straight to the All-Star break. Should be very fun. All-Star game, home run derby, all the events around the All-Star looking awesome. Uh, so I'm excited to talk about the season up until this point so far. No doubt about it. It is a good time and it is interesting. And yeah, I who would have thought when we did the show with you, me and Andy, who would have thought at this point, like, this season in general has been uh, quite a roller coaster ride from sticky stuff to teams underachieving, overachieving. We have players just going out of their minds. I didn't, I don't know about you. I didn't expect the season to get so, you know, nuts, honestly, at this point, for lack of a better word. How you feel the same way with this season in particular? Yeah, I, I do. I feel like uh, there's a lot of, Interesting storylines. Uh, obviously, the 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 one that's most pressing is the sticky stuff crackdown. Um, and have that happening midway through the year, and and the causation of what's happening with some of the pitchers we saw early on. You know, some star pitchers got hurt because they had to change their their grip on the ball and all this stuff. So, um, you know, it was very interesting to see it, it, a lot of weird things too. Like, who would have thought? You know, the Giants out of out of the West <laughs> were going to have such a fantastic season so far at this point. A lot of people had them kind of a bottom tier uh, tier team, uh, but yeah, no, it's been a very interesting season in terms of just different things going on and storylines and, uh, you know, what's happening with the future of baseball going into the negotiations. Is this now sticky stuff crackdown going to be another element right. uh, of this CBA agreement down the line? And uh, how is that going to affect things going forward? So, uh, yeah, so far it's been a very interesting season to say the least. Nothing but, dude, and excellent points you're making. And why don't we just hit on that right away, especially the sticky stuff. So, yeah, I guess back in, we, you know, just to rehash what was going on through, you know, coming into the months like late May, like late April, May. And then they finally made the decision in June to ban any player who's using this quote unquote sticky stuff. There was always rumblings that pitchers were getting an advantage. And it was using, like I said, quote, quote, the sticky stuff known as spider tack. And it was really came to light when you have people like Josh Donaldson call out. Garrett Cole specifically and you know that mess and we've seen quite a difference in that span I think we have to wait to see you know a few when it's a few more months when it's like September October how much of a difference is really made but so far in the early numbers show that batting averages have gone up there have been more home runs since this crackdown happened but as you said the negative stuff there have been players who've been negatively affected and even as goals hurt like tyler glass now of the rays so how do you feel about this whole situation go down do you think it's necessary do you think players were were just complaining too much about um the pitchers getting ahead of them or do you think this was the right thing to do and uh for something that somebody like garrett cole said these pitchers have used some type of form and it goes back to the earliest pitchers 
who did something to get an edge. But do you think this was the right thing to do? And we just had to get used to a new normal. Or do you think it may have been blown out of proportion? I think it was the right thing to do, but I think the execution of it was poor. Yeah. Um, I think if you looked at spider tack and you track down, you know, pitchers who were using it and things like that. Yes. Spider, it was known spider tack obviously increases spin rate on the ball. People have done tests. It, mm-hmm. it gives you an unfair advantage than other things. Rosin is sunscreen and some other things <laughs> you don't have increased some, you know, I just hit like you're checking my hands. There's going to be sticky. You know, it might be something sticky if I'm not using batting gloves or whatever. So, and then also in the middle season, like I said, with the injuries, like Glassnow said, he should have been an all, he was looking like an all-star Cy Young candidate going into, you know, middle of the season. He's pretty much done until maybe the postseason because he said he had to change his whole grip on his fastball, change his whole grip on his, on his breaking pitches, grip the ball tighter. His arms weren't used, his elbow and stuff wasn't used to that grip because he had a lighter grip because of whatever. I think he said he used a mixture of sunscreen and rosin and he goes to do that. And now he's hurt. So you know, to have that in the middle of the year, it's a little bit rough because, like you said, all these pitchers have to adjust, right? So it was just the execution was done poorly. I wouldn't have been fine with okay, if you if we detect spider attack or whatever, we just outright like whatever. Everyone expects the clubhouses for spider attack. Whoever you, you're chucking that out, or whatever. Yep. But you know, the habit in the middle of the year, I think, was very done poorly. I would have been fine with them saying okay we're seeing what's going on here at the end of the year. Like, you know, we, no more stuff, you know, rosin only no more sunscreen rosin rosin only. You're going to have a whole off season to get used to that. You're going to have all off season to get used to that grip. And from here on out, that's what you're doing. Like you're not going to have any other advantage, any other mixtures, any other combinations, any whatever. You just rosin's out there just to give the pitchers enough time. You can't, to me to have it done in the middle of the season, I think was just poor, you know, Dumb boy, I think it was done in the right way because the pitchers were getting an unfair advantage and we saw what the numbers were happening, but just the execution of it was very poor. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And just another, to add to the list of people to hate Manfred, and it's just so awkward. And yeah, and this obviously would have been perfect for the collective bargaining agreement negotiations going into the winter, but I guess it's just an example of this guy going into peer pressure again. And, uh, well... Now we just have an awkward, in, you know, we, though you said changes need to be made, it's now uh, turned into literally a sticky situation. And um, I guess, I guess, uh, you know, and also just seeing the pitchers really go down from it, like a Garrett Cole for instance, obviously, except besides his start on Saturday, he really wasn't pitching good. Uh, lower velocity, lower on the spin rate, kept the velocity up, but um, still getting more vulnerable and missing places in the plate and getting lots of hits. I mean, another Chapman has been fishy how he turned from the best reliever to literally the worst start, um, starting closer in all of baseball with that. And well, you know, you just got to uh, it's just another example of pivoting in sports and it is getting offensive numbers back, which obviously baseball, one of the biggest things to attract people is the home run and base hits. And I mean, they're getting that aspect back, but we'll just, this is also just a great example to see who is still a valuable pitcher, even without this adjustment, for instance, like your boy, Jacob deGrom, he's probably literally turned one of the best pitchers of all time 
And even after this crackdown, he's still dominating. I mean, you must be thrilled with that, seeing how there must be so much pride with that with DeGrom, huh? Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, I was a little nervous uh, because I know there was rumors running around that he was also using spider tack and using something illegal, and people were talking about that. And he's not going to be as good after the crackdown. And uh, and then I think like those next you know couple starts after he was same old Jake the Grom. Um, you know, he did give up like a home run early on, but then he would retire fifteen in a row or mm-hmm. seven, whatever he was doing. He was dominating, still dominating. Um, and that was a good thing. You know, really good to see. He, like we said, he's having his historic year as a Mets fan this is just fun to watch I keep on messaging my family we have this Mets group chat with my uncles and my cousins and everything and 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 you know I always message like we can't take this for granted uh we're watching history in the making here um and it's just so awesome and you know we've been blessed to have him you know Cy Young two-time Cy Young winner and, and to see him dominate but like this is like a whole other level we've never seen before you know we haven't seen in a really long time and um, you know, I think, you know, his ERA number, you know, he's he's closing in on, on breaking, you know, uh, or he could break Bob Gibson's, you know, unbeatable record of, you know, his, you know, crazy, you know, one point whatever ERA from you yeah. know, the 60s or whatever it was, whatever year it was. Um, so, you know, to see him do that and, you know, a lot of my uncles grew up watching Bob Gibson and, and, and to see them and my dad and to see them be like, this guy is like him. And then like, he's just as dominant and he's only getting better. And he's in his thirties. Like that's the crazy thing to me. He's like 31, I think 31 and he's getting better every year. You know, usually you start seeing pictures yeah, right. start the trend down. He's trending up and it's like, and he's coming, his velocity is getting higher and all those different things. Like just hearing from his teammates and how much he works on his game, it just shows, it just shows what he's doing this year is that he is, he's just a workhorse. And like, we had a little bit of the injury scare scare twice with him but you just tell he's a gamer and a competitor and he wanted to be out there and that's how we kind of knew like okay it's not as serious if he, but again it's also jacob and he's also so competitive that like we're all like hold on like we, we know you we love you but we don't want you to go out there and get hurt and then we're in trouble so um just to see him you know even go fight through those injuries and still dominate um I think even in his short outings, I think the short outing against the Cubs, he like struck out like eight in a row yeah. or eight and three or whatever. So, um, yeah, it's just it's just it's just a blessing to watch him. And, and I'm super stoked that even after the spider attack and grip crackdown, he's still as dominant as ever. Yeah, lovely to see. And to confirm, it's uh, the RA record is one one point twelve in sixty eight for Gibson. Yeah. And yeah, he's on track for that. So at the moment, as of today, his ERA is at do, 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 do. okay his ERA right now is at 1.08 so he could be uh making history in that sense if he keeps at it and honestly why not as long as he keeps the home uh the ball in the ballpark especially because the home runs is the worst um the worst thing to add to your ERA then uh we might see him pull that off when his third straight Cy Young. And there's no reason why you shouldn't be excited. Are you some of these people who say don't play him until the postseason type? Or you um I, I think there's hasn't been a pitcher like DeGrom who's just so carefully put placed in his starts, not that I can remember. It's kind of fascinating. He's almost like a great exhibit or something. You to catch him at these times. <laughs> or are you somebody who, you know. Do your starts every five days, continue that and just make us proud on probably his next Cy Young Award. 
You could also potentially get some MVP votes too at this rate. Who knows? You could, you could yeah. get both. So we'll see. I mean, um, especially his the, hitting too. The answer, the answer, Don't forget the hitting numbers yeah, too. He's, he's yeah, one of the best yeah. hitters on the team. <laughs> <laughs> which is insane. Uh, but to answer your question, uh, I wasn't one of those people to say, let's sit him until the postseason. I know <laughs> we, we had those back-to-back injuries. Um, he was like, I'll make my next start. Rosas was like, he's probably going to make his next start. Everything's trending in that right direction. Um, I was more of like, it's okay to rest him a week or two weeks and get him like healthy and get him, you know, he still does his bullpen sessions and everything like that. Um, I was like a little nervous. Like I said, you know, the, the, the shoulder and I think it was the elbow and then the shoulder or whatever. And then it was like so near each other that, and I, and we know how much of a competitor that like, I was nervous. He was going to push himself and get him hurt. And then we won't have him for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And then the season's over at that point. If we don't Jacob, we're in trouble. Um, and now he only pitches every five days, but again, he's just that valuable to this team. Um, so uh, I was all for like, why don't we rest him a week or two? I'm not for like, let's rest him to the postseason. No, we need him, <laughs> especially now. Um, you know, I know we're still leading the end at least, but I know with, unfortunately, one of my favorite players who's not a Met, who's actually a rival on the Braves, Ronald Cunha is out for the year uh, with that tour in ACL, unfortunately, yeah. but like, it's still a close race in the alleys. The Braves can turn on if their pitching gets good. They still have Ozzy Albies. They still have a lot of you know offensive talent that can all turn around. Freddie Freeman and too. You can come out of the break. They can go on a run, right? Oh, Freddie Freeman. You know, so they have talent there, and 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 they can still fight for the NL East. You know, there's a couple. You know, so it's it's not like we're 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 getting lucky with it. <laughs> how the bottom tier of the NL East is not doing good other than us. We're doing fine, but. Um, we need him, and and especially with you know coming out also break, you know we need to really solidify this race and go on a big run, and he's going to be a big part of that. So um, I'm not here resting for the offseason. I'm all for arresting the postseason. Sorry, um, if something comes up again where like I said it's his elbow or his shoulder or whatever, I'm fine shutting him down for a week or two until it's, say Jacob Blake. We know you're a gamer. We know how competitive you are. We love that about you, but we need you. You think of the big picture. We need you down the line here. So like. Let's rest you for two weeks and get you back out. So um, that's how I'm all for, you know, and like you said, it, it is fascinating because it's like, you know, it's it's a selling point for the Mets now. Right. It's it's Jacob DeGrom day. Like, yeah, it's, we're going to post all this stuff on social and we're we're going to get tickets and people are going to come out, and want, you know, so it's it's it's, it's rare. You know, um, I was listening to the John Smoltz on WFAN. Uh, the other day and and the fascinating thing about him that he talked about with Jacob was like he was like I knew from his very first statement starting that interview <laughs> that he was going to be must watch baseball gets the and he was like he and he says I don't say this often but he yeah uh, he said I don't say this much often but he said he's the pitcher that I would watch to play baseball and pitch and I was like hearing that from John Smoltz a rival of the Mets for. 20 years, whatever it was, you know, long career, a Hall of Famer. Right. Um, it just shows. It is. The ground's an attraction. And we haven't really had that for a pitcher in a really long time. You know, uh, I, to the person to me that I always tuned in to watch was like Randy Johnson and mm-hmm. Clemens. And then when we were growing up, right, those were the guys that we wanted to watch. And, and you know, following that, really for me, I just love watching Jacob the Grom. There's I, I know there's a bias because he's met, but it's true. Like he is much watch baseball. When he's on the mound, people are tuning in. And uh it's just crazy. So we're blessed. But like I said, you know, I'm not one of those fans. It's like we need to rest him until the postseason. Like, no, if something comes up again, let's tell him you could sit a, you know, a few weeks. We got this because the Mets have shown that when 
you know, we have the depth and, and players that want to compete and we can get by without him starting a game or two. So, um, yeah, that, that's a long-winded answer. But, uh, but yeah, I'm not one of those fans that are like, yeah, let's let's shut him down. I want him to go out there because he's so fun to watch, and we obviously need him um, because he's so important to this team. Every star we know from here on out uh, that hopefully we can get him a win or he's going to put us in position to win games. So that's why we need him out there. Nothing but, man. Excellent points all over the board. And sticking with the Mets, you guys have had an amazing season so far. Really, I mean, I'm the word amazing. I should say really good, really great season so far compared to what it is. At this moment, Mets are three and a half games up above the Phillies. They're, uh, they've been played well. We, obviously, you guys are the team of the doubleheader and always split on those doubleheaders. But, you know, uh, sticking with that, you have players like a – Dominic Smith been stepping up this year. Obviously, Taiwan Walker getting named to the All-Star game, which is deserves. And what a move. You didn't need Trevor Bauer. You took him. And obviously, the PR nightmare with him is well avoided. And you have this up-and-coming star who's earned his keep in Taiwan Walker, the other number 99. You've had Alonzo's been hitting off. He needs that average up, but uh, he's been good. But you've also had some players that, underachieved a little bit, whether it's a Francisco Lindor, Conforto could have been, could be playing better to name a few, but all in all, you must be uh, pretty psyched with what's going on with the Mets in general. How are you feeling about your team up to till this point? Also, Guillermo is really good too. And VR. Uh, yeah. So there you um, go. <laughs> you know, yeah, we've, we've had, uh, it's, it's been, I would say a roller coaster of emotions for the season, um, mm-hmm. mostly positive. But obviously, as a Mets fan, and you look at the East, you know, with the Phillies, like I said, the Braves, both teams can go on runs. You know, I know that Braves lost Cooney, like I said earlier. Um, Philly can go on a run too. So, you know, it's a close race. It's not a runaway right now. Um, but the fact that with all the injuries that the Mets had, you lose McNeil, you lose J.D. Davis, you lose Michael yeah. Fordo, uh, you know, Marcus Strome went down for a little. You don't have Carrasco, you don't have Syndergaard. Uh, and players like Billy McKinney and Villar mm. and Pilar and Peraza and all these kind of ragtag, under-the-radar signings that we made are all playing and keeping us afloat and playing extremely well. And like I said, Tywan Walker, so deserving of getting the all-star. I, I was hoping that him and Jacob got it, but the fact that Jacob said, you know, I don't want to pitch in the all-star game. We already know his, his famous moment from the all-star game. He's done it. Um, but the give it the nod to Tywan Walker and having him out there for us is awesome. Um, but yeah, super stoked. And like you said, his players who have underperformed um, McNeil, uh, you know, I know he's been injured, but coming back, he's he's struggling early. Then he got injured. Then he's he's still kind of struggling, and he's on way, even though he had a walk off hit. He's hopefully will turn around. Conforto, same thing. And in the big contract year, we were wondering how much we were going to mm. pay him. He's been, you know, not the Conforto that we know. You know, at the All Star level that that yep. he's been at. And I know he was hurt for a while, and he's coming back. And he's getting adjusted. He had a home run the other day, so hopefully that trends us trends him in the right direction. But um, overall, you know, with with Lindor under, uh, underwhelming a little bit, but now, you know, I know the last two weeks he's been turning it around offensively. Mm-hmm. 
you know, how much of a leader he is. That's why I said the big thing is I told you, you know, when we, when, when we were talking about it, you know, before the season started, um, you know, he was mainly coming in, obviously his defense is fantastic. We, you know, what the offense he can bring, but I said, mainly we know how much of a clubhouse leader he is and how, how much the players love him and how vocal he is. And, Mm um, you know, I I hear this often and it really is fascinating to watch. Like if you look at the pitching or huddles, the the rare huddles that happen on, on the mound, he is one of the guys that is constantly talking mm-hmm. and you just love to see that. And it's a shortstop, you know, usually you let the, the manager shorts, you know, whatever, everyone else is, Hey, okay, cool. We got the, you know, you got this, you know, whoever on the mound, like Tylen or whatever, you know, okay, it's time on lock in. We're good. We got you. Right. You know, well, let's get back out there. He's constantly talking to pitcher. He's kind of talking to everyone. I love seeing that from him and, and seeing these last two weeks. And I know, I know he kind of chirped at us best fans, you know, when he hit the grand slam the other day and he was <laughs> like, I was waiting to hear and see if there's any booze in the crowd. And then, you know, um, but that's the kind of the guy he is. And, um, you know, hopefully it, it turns, it turns, this is, this is a turning board for him. I know, like I said, last two weeks, he's been pretty solid um, hitting home runs and hitting all, you know, clutch base hits, obviously in the grand slam and, and all that stuff. But overall, you know, to kind of wrap up the question, you know, the Mets season, it's been fun. And then, you know, the reason why it's been fun is because of these ragtag guys that came in when all of our stars get injured and we're all hitting a panic button because what are we going to do? We lost right. everyone. And then guys like Billy McKinney and Pilar and Vlar and all these guys come in and they just hold everything down for those few, you know, that three week span. We're winning games somehow with these ragtag guys that are all likable and all making key plays. And, you know, all this stuff. And uh, so, you know, just as be it, you know, leading the analyst going into the all-star break, you know, it could have been an absolute disaster with the injuries that happened. But the fact that we stayed afloat, we kept on battling. Everyone has stepped up across the board. Even our pitching staff, Stroman's been pretty, you know, really solid this year. Um, You know, I know he had a couple of rough starts here and there, but holding it down, knowing that, you know, after – after DeGrom, he's he's the main guy. And, and Tywin Walker, again, like you said, unbelievable signing. You know, we could have thrown $40 million at Trevor Bauer. Um, and obviously, we thought this PR number is going through. That's very serious. But the fact that we have now Tywin Walker for two years, he might might get, you know, extended just because of how well he has. But why um, not? sign him in, you know. Yeah, why not? I would have done it for a few more years. Mm-hmm. Why not? Um, you know, guy, you know had injury history when he was with Seattle and, and, you know, kind of on this, this back end of Kenny still be a, a major league pitcher and now being named an all-star just shows, uh, you know, that Sandy and then the staff really believe in this guy, giving him a good contract and he's delivered. And, uh, you know, like I said, a lot of these guys when, you know, they kind of had this next men mentality and you know, next men up um, and here we are. So uh, overall could, cannot be, you know, any more thrilled that way I am now looking forward, you know, the future's bright for this team. And we hope, you know, coming out of salsa break, we keep on going. Cause you know, I know it's only, you know, a three and, you know, what is it? Three and a half game lead. We start off out of the also break hot, hopefully Phillies and Braves, you know, crumble a little, <laughs> be a biased Mets fan. Um, of course. And we, we anchor down this, this at least and, 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 and hopefully, you know, cruise our way into the postseason. So, um, no, Super stoked about the season so far, and and it, like I said, could have you know typical Met fan. We could have you know when we saw these injuries. Not, well, that's the season, uh, but the <laughs> fact that we're here at the All Star break with a positive outlook uh, heading forward is is always uh, always great. Can't complain about that.
no, nothing but excellent points once again. And they start their, they go, excuse me, they start uh, at the end of this week. They're going back to play a very, a struggling Pirates team. Reckon they took two out of two in the, um, two out of four in uh, the home series this past weekend. There's no reason why you couldn't, you don't, you shouldn't be confident to win at least this series because they are a really bad baseball team. And then you do play a tough series against the Reds, who have been an, another surprising team this season, led by Nick Castellanos. But uh, you guys are good. You have the juice. You have the team, team camaraderie, I feel. Like, I mean, it's been a roller coaster from obviously all the ugly stuff with PR with some of the accusations. Then you have, um, you know, Steve Cohen being a silly owner tweeting. Then you had from Donnie Diesel to players having beef. Uh, it's been quite a, uh, you know, almost like a movie with the Met season in 2021. But you guys are winning games and that's what's most important. And well, we'll see where it goes from there. Any other final thoughts regarding the Mets? <sighs> Uh, no, just like I said, hope, hopefully coming out of this uh, break, we're all uh, ha- happy, healthy. Like I said, the team camaraderie is there, uh, and they can just uh, keep this momentum going. You know, like I said, starting off against the Pirates, uh, you know, and hopefully get that get, get, uh, that series win this time around. All right, all right. So let's talk about the New York Yankees, Alex. This team that uh, has been qu- – I don't even know what words to say. The New York Mets, sorry, the New York Yankees in 2021 reminds me of a bad relationship. When you try so hard and you want it to work so bad, they disappoint you. But then you think there's some miracles that things are finally turning around. There's love there. There's great attraction. There's something here that's going to pull through and we're going to prosper and be in love, but yet they just know how to stay in their ways, disappoint you, trick you, and most importantly, well, most of all, they tease you and they trick you and they just let you down. That's what the Yankees are like in 2021. This team that people really expected to win the East is only three games above 500. They lose in the most disgusting way possible blowing leads there's not one player you can trust everyone except Aaron Judge pretty much is underachieving now you've had DJ LeMay you step up a little bit Gary Sanchez has been hitting too but this team has just they just they just break your heart they really do they are eight and a half games behind in the east four and a half from the second wild card and for a team that has thrown so much money at their players, looking the exact same from year after year after year and losing these tough playoff losses, we're now at a point where what can we do anymore? And if this week, past week, it cannot be a more, more of an example of that, then I don't know what is. I thought when we lost against the Angels, which I was there, I was actually at that game, I didn't say to one in the morning. I thought after the second rate delay, oh, they're not going to play. They're winning seven to one. And they did. I got home, watched the rest of it, lost a night of sleep. And then after this weekend, you went, you shut the Astros, who obviously is our biggest rivals, shut the Astros out on Friday for nothing. 
Garrett Cole pitches the game of his life, the biggest game as a Yankee. 129 pitches against his old team for the first time, too. And striking out 12 only to score seven runs and give up five runs. You give up a five-run lead. Five runs in the bottom of the ninth inning with Chad Green. Not a role this Chapman, who's been a joke this season, but Chad Green, who we thought, again, he was going to be the great reliever out of the bullpen. And, well, yeah, we won the season series against Houston. Yes, we did take two out of three from this, but we can't sweep. We're literally the worst team in baseball in terms of blowing um, of uh, blowing third games for a sweep. And, yeah, it's just I can't take it anymore, Alex. Before I give more of my thoughts of what to do next, just what do you think just – on the other side, watching this team, you could just be honest to say you love it. I want to blame you, but um, what do you think of what this uh, Yankee team is doing, man? It's just, it's just a real question mark. Uh, yeah, I think, I think it really is a real, a real question mark watching mm-hmm. from the other side. Um, just because, like you said, a lot of people pick them to be favorites with the East, be in the playoffs, um, contend for a World Series. You look at the standings, and they're in fourth in the you know AL East, mm-hmm. and it's not looking like there anything good's going to happen, right? You know, there's not a lot of promise. Um, you know, and who's stepping up? You know, like you said, Aaron Judge is maybe the, obviously the best player right now, um, but it's like you look at Boston, and it's like wow, they're they're doing a lot better than a lot of people thought. And mm-hmm. Tampa Bay, and you know, Tampa Bay is always good. Then you know, look at the Yankees. It's like, what's going on? And like you said, it's it's so it's so it's just, it's just roller coasters. Like there's games they look like the old Yankees and hit home runs and dominate, and then there's games that they have look like they have no idea what they're doing out on the field, and they have no idea what they're doing with the bat, and they have like, and they're blowing saves. And Chapman goes from being the most dominant closer in baseball the first two months to not knowing how to throw a fastball and giving up a game time grand slam to a lefty and Jared Walsh in the Angels mm-hmm. game. And you know, the game the other day, five run lead in the ninth, you blow it. Altuve hits, a, you know, of all people, it's the walk off. Like, right. It's just oh been such a weird <laughs> season to watch. Um, and just seeing, you know, just looking at this team and, and, and I kind of looking into this year, I was like, how long can it work with this team of just home run, you know, like kind of home run versus anything else. And, and you look now and it's just, it's this lineup is not effective anymore. And, and it's, yep. you know, you can't go with this home run mentality. And I know I, you know, me, I don't love analytics, but I don't know if there's analytics telling them something that we're not seeing here, but whatever, whatever it's getting told is not working for this Yankee team. Right. So, um, you know, and, and, and I know a lot of people blame certain things, but just looking at this before I joined on, I was like, there's something that, you know, a lot of people are saying and I'm starting to agree with. And as much as I love this guy and I love them since the Marlins, but like just the contract with John Carlos Stan and how mm-hmm. it's just hampering any movement with what yeah. this team can do. You have a 30 plus million dollar guy being a DH. We know he can play left field, but they're so afraid that he's going to injure his calf or yeah. his knee or his ankle that he's not going out in the outfield. You have a $30 million DH. And I talked talk this to my friends. I liked the move at the time. I thought it was a really good move by the Yankees to do this because I said, 
for at least the first six years, seven years of that contract, you're going to have a pretty quality arm. We know how, how much of a cannon he has in the outfield. You're going to have a good yeah, outfield. Right. And then what can you do? You can move him DH. I wasn't thinking three years in or whatever it is now <laughs> that he's just going to be a DH. So it just hampers his team in the moves. And a lot, and a lot of people are saying that. It's that and, and as a Mets fan, I can give you a n- numerous contracts where this happened, and the Mets have shot away from making moves like this. Look at Jason Bay. You can even look at Yohan Santana. I know he gave us our first no-hitter, but for the most part, he was hurt for a lot of it. We gave him a big-time contract. David Wright, as much as we love him, he's, my, he's one of my favorite Mets of all time. Same thing. We gave him that big contract those last few years. You know, hampered the team because we didn't know what we were going to do. I understand it was stuff out of control, it's out of David Rice's control, this, you know, spinal defender and, and all that stuff, and how he couldn't be on the field. And he was constantly in pain. But it's the same thing. We gave him that big deal. He couldn't be on the field. You're on assessment as recently, the last Wilpon right. big deal. <laughs> fell into the hog hole, whatever he did, chasing a hog, fell home. <laughs> gave him big contracts, not oh, on the field. Man. So, like, and, and that's what happens now. The Mets are going you know, bargain dealing because they are afraid to pull the trigger on big moves. And that's what's happening because with the Yankees right now is that they're afraid to kind of go over this luxury tax. They paid Garrett Cole this money. They now you have John Carlos Stan and no one's going to want that contract because he's limited to a DH because they're too afraid to put him out in the field. And it's just costing this team because this team needs to make moves. But then it's like, what can we do? Because we're kind of stuck with this kind of contract. So it's just this whole season looking from afar has just been just very messy, like you said, and it's rich roller coaster. And it's like, what's going on over there? Usually when they start kind of struggling, you kind of start seeing some of the small moves that Cashman starts to make to be like, maybe this will work. And, you know, we saw a few years ago with like the Giro Rochellas and the Luke Voits and all these kind of things. And we're not seeing them do that right now. And I know we're going to break and, you know, we'll see what he kind of do with the trade. But like, Right now, looking at this lineup, they need something, <laughs> and and I yeah. don't know what that is. I don't, but again, it's like we we hear them potentially trying to make, but then they're you can tell that they're kind of nervous to make a big move because of the kind of contracts that they're kind of locked up into. So it's just a very odd, I should say, season for from what I'm seeing from the Yankees, especially with the expectations that they had going into this year. Dude, I don't know how John Carlos Stanton looks like a Peloton <laughs> trainer. How is he still not able to, you know, go out in the field? Is it that bad? And, you know, this has been, yeah. I mean, I don't get it. What the training staff, just do it. Just do it. I know they're supposed to play the Marlins at the end of the month. They'll yeah. try then. But th- you're right. Long term, it's looking really, really bad at a specific DH. You can't even put Gary in, who is sit, helping this team with the bat. But, you know, especially days when Higgy has to catch and the day cold pitches, there's nothing we could do about it. And the big question I have to ask, Alex, everyone, the big question everyone said, the Yankees need to shake something up. And if things still go on a downward spiral, and if literally the Yankees won yes, uh, on Sunday, I may not be asking this. But now that they are and only three games above 500 and when in terms of shaking things up, would you say to shake things up to either fire Boone or fire Cashman, whether in the middle of the season or if they absolutely miss the playoffs, do you think they both get the boot and we get a new generation? What do you, would you do? 
Um, what I would do is tough because I, I do like Boone and Cash. You can't you can't understate what what Cashman's done for that organization. I think he's yeah. been. I think the most successful GM in baseball over his his time frame. I, I don't think yeah, nineteen ninety eight. I forgot. I think they've only had like really one losing season. Yeah, I think they've only had never one, had a losing uh, season losing under season him. Or a couple. Of... They've missed yeah. the playoffs, so, but um, okay, not yeah, one losing so, season. And the only other yeah. one is Theo Epstein, who's pretty... so yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, who's pretty good in, in his own right. Yeah. Um, so you know you can't understate that, but. You know, it, I don't think they're going to do midseason. I think they're going to wait and see what happens, barring a run. Really, if you look at it, I mean, I know it's eight games. Anything can happen in that time frame. Yeah, they come out of the break. Boston can start falling apart. Tampa, you know, we know Tampa's good, but they could, they, if they have struggles. So, and if the Yankees go on a run, they could quickly get themselves back in, in, the, in the wild card and, and they at least picture, you know, it's not a huge, huge deficit to overcome. Um, you know, you look at some of the other divisions and you see these kind of bigger kind of deficits for teams. You know, eight games is really nothing crazy. And the fact that I think coming out also break, they have a lot of matchups against the Red Sox. Um, so yeah, they start the the, next so. week. They start the this weekend. They'll play a four game series yeah. at the stadium. So, you know, that's a huge, huge series. They need to try to win a sweeper win three out of four there. So it, it all it all depends, really. Um, I think coming at the end of the season, what 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 happens? Um I think if they miss the playoffs completely, um, uh, I can see some changes. Um, uh, I think they would go Boone over Cashman, but I could be wrong. You know, Cashman has been there for a while. Um, these last few years, you know, you've really had a window to win a championship and it never came to fruition. Um, so I guess from a Yankee fan standpoint, it has been disappointing these last few years, not getting a world series with this team as good as the team has been the, uh, the last three years other than this year. Um, so, you know, it could be time. Sometimes it happens. You look across other sports. Uh, sometimes you have a long relationship and, and, it, and, and it just has to end, you know, and yeah, right. uh, you hate to see it um, because like I said, you can't understate what Cashman has done since he's been there and how great he's made the Yankees and, and, you know, Never having a never having a losing season is is something to hang your hat on, obviously. And um, but sometimes you know the relationships run their course, and and maybe that's where they go. They say, you know, we thank you for these you know years that you've been here, but I think we want to go in a different direction. And if that's the case, I could see them just cleaning house and and restarting. Um, but like I said, I think the decision really will come at the end of the year. And yep, you know. Well, I guess we have to see what happens with the trade line. Is Cashman aggressive? Is he going after that? They still think they have a shot. Do they do they flip the go to sell mode? Like we don't know what's going to happen. I don't think they're going to sell. Uh, obviously, I think there'll be buyers at the trade deadline. But I think if there will be a decision, it will be at the end of the year. And um, like I said, I think if anything, it would most likely be Boone over Cashman. But I could also see them clearly just saying, "Hey, you know what? Maybe it's time for." a new start and we're going to hit the, the uh, you know, a restart kind of not a rebuild, but just a new, a new direction and, and, and have right. someone else come in. So we'll see. I, but I think the decision will definitely be more at the end of the year than, than mid season. And one of the great points you made too, is that this lineup is, it doesn't work. 
either tell Cashman, hey, it's time to sell these players off. As long as you just keep Baron Judge, which I know these dumb people, who I, I know you'd get the most value from him, but you can't take the face of a franchise off. So just leave it off the table. And yeah, you need to get lefty hitters. You need to hit more contact hitters. And you just, you got to just switch it up one way or the other. I know we're stuck with Chapman. You need to get some new relievers. And I guess if, you know, that is true. So 98 was his first season, literally since my middle brother, Brendan. So 24 straight years, not one losing season. You are on the brink of that. You're only three games above 500. And that would be a, uh, you know, I mean, that'd be a tough note for Cashman to go off on. But if that happens, just get something new. I don't know, that'd be the one time if, if the analytics um, nerds out there want to make that type of change and prove that fine, as long as you just keep Aaron Judge. And we're just going to have to see once and for all. I think uh, eyes are slowly on them. I mean, slowly. The eyes are locked on them. They have a $221 million payroll, while you have the Rays, who have a like a $40 million payroll, blowing them in the wind. And something's got to make a big move from that. Even if two of those players get sixty million of those in coal, and uh, and Stanton, and don't forget, a lot of these players' baby bomber contracts are ending. You got to decide who you're going to keep. Whether your Gary Sanchez is, um, your Aaron Judges, Clint Frazier's, all that. And yeah, the time matters. This is going to be one of the most interesting second halves of the seasons. Now I've come to grips. And if they don't make it, I'll be okay. Well, we have an exciting football season coming up, but I better see some changes that way, man. And uh, strong fingers crossed. Strong fingers crossed. So some of the other cool headlines with baseball. I was just wondering, what were some of the other teams or players that really sparked your interest? As we mentioned, I mean, it sucks for me, but the Red Sox really are playing one hell of a season. Their over-under was like 69, and they're only and they're already at 55, so I wish I was a betting yeah. man then. You'd be very comfortable. As you said, the Giants, who would have thought you everyone expected a great rivalry between the Padres and the Dodgers. But now you have the San Francisco Giants on top of that. You have Buster Posey playing like his, involved, yeah. You have Buster Posey playing like his old self. He's batting 328. That's insane right now. You have your Mike Yastrzemski's, uh, your Brandon Crawford's and Stuff. Wilmer Flores has been a huge contributor for the Giants. I'm sure you miss him right now. And then, uh, you know, other I always team. love Wilmer. Yeah, the the see if the Oakland A's are finally going to stick to it and win or have been popular. Uh, you have the Reds have been an awesome story with Nick Castellanos becoming a star. It's been a quite a ride. And I was just wondering what were some of the other teams that really sparked your interest and made some made it fun for you. Uh, it's not really making it uh, team-wise. Uh, I'll, I'll go kind of the player route, and I, I think you're, yeah. you're automatically are going to know what I'm going to say here. Uh, but just watching Shohei Otani oh, yeah. uh, just do what he's doing this year, and and the fact that we're going to get him in the All-Star game, we're going to get him in the home run dirt. Like, the home run, I, we'll, we'll talk a little about the home run dirt too, but mainly just watching Shohei Otani and how fascinating – this season is um, just just seeing what he's doing. Um, this is all what we were kind of expecting when he first started, but obviously he kind of had the injuries with pitching and his elbow and he, hitting really wasn't, I mean, he still hit some bombs, but the fact that he is like 
he just set the record for Japanese born player, like home run totals, um, passing the first half the, of the uh, season. The great, uh, one of our, yeah, the first half of the season too, but the great, uh, Hideki Matsui, one of our favorites growing up, even though, you know, he was a Yankee, but, uh, one of my favorites to watch was Hideki Matsui. Just seeing what, what Shohei is doing. Um, it's just historic. Same thing. Like I said, you can't take things like this for granted. What we're seeing from Jacob Degrom, and then you're for pitching, and seeing what you're seeing from Shohei, who's doing both, um, right. who's doing great pitching and hitting, and it's just fascinating. It's so fun to watch. I'm loving seeing Shohei this year. Yeah, how can you not? He just he literally looks like an Adonis. It's such a beautiful swing. You know what I heard? Mike Trout said that he doesn't take BP. So the fact that he's hit three yeah. 33 home runs without BP, I mean, imagine what you're going to get at the All-Star game and the home run derby. And obviously this the derby will already have passed when this it airs, but you probably expect him to win the whole thing, don't you think? And he's definitely MVP. I mean, you can't be more of an MVP than Shohei Otani, both pitching and hitting like this, don't you think? It's just too bad the Angels suck, man. Yeah. Except they guess. Yeah, it, it's just the same thing. It's like, uh, it's just, it's, it, I think going into next year, I think the Angels will be, be a team to watch because Pujols is finally off the books. I know they released him and now he's doing okay with the Dodgers, which yeah. is just weird seeing him in a <laughs> Dodgers uniform. Um, and then you'll have Trout come back too. Uh, I think the fact once I, I was telling a lot of people, yeah. Uh, I was telling a lot of people once that pool holes contract comes off the books for them, I think you can see the angels finally be, like, we're going to dress like pitching and just throw money at pitching and like get everything set, set away. But um, yeah, just seeing, I can't wait for this home run derby because uh, just the, the lineup and we'll go through it real quick. I'll read the lineup, but it's going to be like so far, but it's also at Coors field. Mm-hmm. Uh, so balls are going to be absolutely crushed there. And I'm looking here. Um, Shohei Otani's, Longest home run of 2021 was 470 feet versus the Royals. So, um, you know, and his hardest hit was against your Yankees on June 28th. He hit it 117 miles an hour. So picture him hitting it that hard and that far. Then add the course course field air and it's going to be crazy. Um, so, Do you yeah, think- it's just – yeah, like you said, talk about MVP. It's tough to not say Shohei in that conversation. But we're going right. to – I was just wondering, do you think he will literally hit the longest home run? He'll hit. Well, I, let's not get that ambition, but do you think he'll hit 500 footers in the home run derby? I think we can see him do that. If you look at this roster, there's definitely like the lineup. But we'll read real quick. There's definitely a guy yeah. here. Shohei, I could see a couple other guys. There's going to be someone that hits at like 490, close to five. There's going to be someone I feel that like it's going to get like absolutely uncork one, and it's going to be awesome. Like, so we'll just go through. I'll just read real quick. Just a bracket. We got Shohei versus Juan Soto. That's going to be fun. Then you got Joey Gallo going up against Trevor Story. That's going to be cool. Matt mm. Olson, who can hit bombs, we all know, against Trey Mancini. Great story, obviously, with Trey Mancini. Uh, Salvador yeah. Perez going up against Pete Alonso. We see what we saw what Pete did uh, last year in the home run derby. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he can you know do some cool stuff this year. Um, so that's what we have. So there's guys here that can hit absolute bombs. Uh, Matt Olson, like you said, Joey Gallo, um, Shohei, Juan Soto. Um, so a lot of star power and like seeing these guys longest home runs, they're all <laughs> like 
some of these guys have hit 450. Trey Mancini's 450. Salvador Perez is 460. Uh, who else? Like oh, I said, we said yeah. Shohei. Um, there's guys who fit tanks. Trevor 466 for Trevor Story. 462 for Joey Gallo. So there's a lot of guys here that are going to bomb. So I think someone in Coors Field is going to clear. I'm hoping, from, from a fan perspective, I think it would be awesome if someone hits like 490. Uh, there's going to be someone that definitely unloads one, and, and we'll see who it is. I guess he's Shohei being the guy – one of the guys who does it. I think Shohei and Joey Gallo probably have the potential to hit close to 500, I would think, just the way they their swings are. Would you say, who do you think is going to be the final two and who's going to take it all? Is it those two you just mentioned within, you know, you pick between those two who would win? Or do you think maybe Pete Alonzo, your boy, could get it? Or what? where, where do you see this going? I want to see Shohei win it, but then again, it's like his first home run derby, and I feel like a lot of players sometimes they – burn through their energy in the first rounds and then mm-hmm. they get later on they get eliminated because there's guys who've been there who've done it um i think pete i, I don't know if anyone else in this one i saw maybe joey's done it um i can't think um off the top but um i could see i, I would let me see i think of final just looking at this um i'm gonna say it's probably gonna be i, I can see joey gallo being in the final um just trying to see what like the actual bracket would how it would line up. Um, let me see who we got. Uh, so yeah, I can see it being. Ooh, I kind of like I like the lefties. I think I think there's got to be a left mm-hmm. uh, a lefty winner. Uh, so either Matt Olson, Gallo, or Shohei. I, I, I don't. I don't think Juan will. I don't think Juan will get out of the first round against Shohei. Um, so I'm gonna say it's gonna. I'm gonna just broaden it. I'm gonna say it's gonna be. A, I'm gonna say a left-handed hitter is gonna win the home run derby. So it's either gonna be Matt Olson, Joey Gallo, or Shohei will be my three three people uh, to to potentially win the home run derby. I, I love. I love Pete. And I know he did it last year, uh, but I don't think he can. He can do it again, but who knows? Maybe he can. I mean, he's hit some tanks these last few days to get warmed up for it. So um, you never know. Homer, that's why what makes the home run derby so exciting. You never know who's going to end up at, at the end of it. It's going to be a game for sure and a fun game to watch. You know, it's just sticking to the All-Star game too. I'm really interested to hear what you say about this particular, Alex. So despite the ugly jerseys, All-Star game's back. Um, it airs tonight on Fox at 8. So... I was wondering, though, we have seen players drop out of it. DeGrom, Altuve, Correa. I wanted to know, do you think Mookie Betts another one? Now, listen, the All-Star game may not have as much pizzazz as when we were kids, but it's still fun to see the stars amongst themselves, though they definitely shouldn't do the uniforms. The best part of the All-Star game is seeing the different uniforms. Hence, you're amongst the best of your Mm -hmm. group. So hopefully that changes next year. But I was wondering, do you think this trend could be ongoing? Do you think this is bad for baseball? I mean, the point of the All-Star game is you see the best of the best there. And some of them aren't going to be there. You're not going to have the best pitcher in baseball in the All-Star game. (laughs) Do you think this is bad? Do you think this is a trend? Do you think some people say, oh, this proves that players don't care about fans or money? That's, That's some people's opinions from that. Or do you think it's just, you know, exhibition game don't want to risk injury um what do you think 
where do you think this is going this the first time that something like this is happening that I can think of at least? Um, you know, I don't think it's necessarily awful. I don't know if it's going to be like a, a continuous trend. Um, I just think if you just look at sports in general, um, just seeing, obviously we've been a, in a pandemic for, you know, close to two years, almost, or, you know, not, you know, year and a half, um, you know, a lot of things kind of started up and rushed. There's short off seasons and, um, short breaks for a lot of these players. And, um, so, mm-hmm. you know, Good point. I think a lot of them, it was more of like, yeah, like let's, I'm just going to rest this one out. Like, you know, uh, I just want to rest on, you know, uh, and, and like you said, it's an exhibition game. It, it's, it's cool and all to see how, but you know, not having it, you know, I think not having, you know, uh, home field advantage being decided by the all-star game anymore. I think that also played a factor into it. Um, but uh, I just think a lot of these guys have said like it's been a lot, and and I just kind of want to be with my family and and mm-hmm. relax and recoup and get ready for the second half of the season. So I don't know if it's going to be a trend per se of like all the star players all of a sudden not being appearing in the All Star game, um, but I think just because of where we've been, uh, you know, with this pandemic, I think a lot, and looking at it from a lot of across a lot of sports. Uh, just seeing a lot of the toll that it's taken on a lot of these players, uh, I can understand why a lot of them are just saying it's just an exhibition game. I, you know, I could sit out. Thank you, fans, for voting me in. It's a great honor. It's a great, you know, thing to be, be. But I'm just gonna kind of rest this one out. Just, just, just how the last few years have been for us as athletes. You know, with the, like I said, the, the quick turnaround. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's going to be a huge trend. Is 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 it unfortunate for baseball that we won't have the best pitcher in the All Star game yet, or guys like Mookie who are, are huge fan favorites and and draws to the All Star game? Uh, yeah, but I I think going I think it's just more of the product of what we're in right now, and a lot of these players are thinking bigger picture, and they just want to pass on this exhibition game so they can heal up and get ready uh, for the second half of the season because they have to make a push for the playoffs. You know, one of my favorite takes is that Altuve and Correa are sitting because they don't want to get booed and destroyed for being Astros. <laughs> but, yeah, that could be a factor with what you're saying, too. You know, maybe they just want to break. Maybe they just, um, you know, want to finally take the time to, to rest and pull out. And, yeah, I guess we'll just take everything in 2020 in sports with a grain of salt. And now that... It looks like this fall it's getting back to normal. NBA starting on time, NHL starting on time, NFL obviously starting on time. You can make your judgments if this is the case next year, but just, you know, let it go. They changed the All-Star game from Atlanta to Colorado after that whole voting situation mess. It's so stupid, but um, so stupid that Atlanta, uh, that Georgia did that, and I'm glad they moved to teach him a lesson. And, uh, well, let's just enjoy the all-star game. Just enjoy it. Just take it in. And, uh, we have such an exciting second half of baseball to go from it. And, um, my last point here, the last thing to discuss in this great podcast, um, I'm just seeing, what do you think, where do we see we go from here on out? Do we, you know, in a general sphere, do you think things are staying the same? Are the Yankees going to turn it around or we're going to have a historic offseason? Are the Mets holding it down? Are the Giants a legit 
what's going on with the Padres and Dodgers. What else do you want to see with the rest of baseball in this big second half coming into it? Uh I just want – I just love seeing competition. I love seeing uh, races. I think the NL, uh, NL West is going to be so fun to watch uh, between yep. the Giants, the Padres, uh, the Dodgers. Uh, I think that's going to be a really cool division to kind of see, especially late in the year. Uh, those kind of – I love seeing those kind of late-season matchups of it's like they need to win like two out of three and like, you know, all this stuff. And um yeah, I, you know, I think there's a lot of close races to look at. You, at least, you know, Boston, Tampa Bay, Boston's having a year that a lot of people weren't expecting. Um, you know, White Sox looking good out of the Central. Yep, yep. You know, they're a fun Didn't team even to mention watch. Them. They're, they're, they're only going to get healthier. Um, yeah, um, you know, like you said, Milwaukee, Cincinnati, the, the Central there. It's only four games right now. The Reds are looking pretty good. Can they close the gap and, and, and win the Central? So there's a lot of fun races to look out for um, going into this second year, and, and, or second half of the year, I should say. And, you know, certain players, you know, doing historic things. Is the ground going to break the RA record? Is what is Shohei? Is Shohei going to hit like mm-hmm. 60 bombs this year? Like, what's going to happen there? And, um, you know, it's just, you know, I'm looking forward to why the second half of things be really fun. You know, just a lot of unprecedented things that we we haven't seen before happening and uh, just historic things individually for players. Like I said, I, you know, I keep on bringing up but guys like Jacob, guys like Shohei, uh, things that they're doing we haven't seen in, in a, ever, you know, Shohei being the first, you know, two-way all-star uh, in MLB history. And like yeah. you said, you know, a lot of people thought that Bob Gibson record – was one of the one of baseball's unbreakable records and and the Grom's on pace right now to to break that. So um you know it should be a very, very exciting second half. And then we'll see what happens obviously with the CBA and, and the agreement there and what's happening with the future of baseball. Um, you know, that's a whole other topic. We could probably do like a whole two and a half hour <laughs> podcast on ways we think we can make baseball better in the CBA there. Um, so that's something to look yeah, at. We'll save that right for now we have baseball. Mm-hmm. We're happy we have baseball. Yeah. And uh, we'll see what happens going forward. But like I said, there's a lot of fun, exciting I'm races sure to watch. And I think it's only going to get better coming out also breaks seeing these storylines starting to develop. Well, Alex, you perfectly, um, you perfectly wrote what the next half of baseball is going to be like. I don't think you missed one point there. Head shows how talented you are. But besides that, we can wrap it up for today. It's been a wow. First half. That's all I have to say. Wow. With everything going together. Now let's see this all. Let's see where this all plays out. Let's enjoy these last two months of summer as we get into football season. Excited to have you for football coverage as well. And uh, yeah, let's try to go to a game this August as well. I'll be on top of that and ask your availability all the time, whether Mets or Yankees, or if you want to go see the, the San Francisco Giants random trip. But at least one baseball game this summer. Let's uh, try to get to yeah. it, man. And uh, this is why the, this yeah, is why you're the great sure. Alex Young, man. Anything else you have to say before we sign off? No, uh, thank you again for having me. I always have a blast coming on here talking about literally any sport. You know me, mm-hmm. uh, me and you have been doing this now for a while. Uh, yeah. We've been buddies for you know for first friend I met in college. I know a lot of people, we said that you know when I first came on this podcast mm-hmm. a while ago. It seems now, but uh, but the fact that we keep on doing this and the fact you have me on is just uh, it's truly an honor. And I'm always excited to, to be part of this podcast and uh, you know continuing looking forward to uh, 
to join you and talking about anything New York sports or just sports in general. So yeah. thank you so much for having me, Matt. Uh, I had a blast again. And of course, life of pop culture. We have those shows too. anything, anything. Um, yeah, anything. That's why you're the great Alex Young. And I appreciate you, man. Thank you for your kind words. So with that, that's my great friend, Alex Young. We'll see you before we know it. And uh, you have a great day, my friend. And good luck to your Mets. And uh, hopefully the Yankees. Well, I'll just say I'm just ready for all options at that at this point. But it's going to be fun either way. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Alex, you're the man. And I'll catch yeah, you really, sure. really soon. Uh, sounds good, man. Thank you again for having me. Let's go Mets. And uh, good luck to your Yankees going forward. <laughs> Have a they good one, a lot. They need a lot of it, man. <laughs> all right. I'll catch you later, Alex. <laughs> later, man. That's the great Alex Young, everybody. Again, don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. For all exclusive content regarding this show, go to ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out on the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at ProdCombopod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. Alex Young never disappoints. Great talking baseball with you. Great stories, great analysis. And like I said, this is why you're the best, man. Alex Young, everybody. Like I said, I'm going to take the rest of the week off. I'm going to Atlantic City with the family. I also will be at the Yankee game off Friday against the Red Sox. And I really hope that this is the turning point once and for all. And if it's not, well, football season will be here before we know it. Well, let's go Yankees either way. We're back here on Monday. We're going to do some wrestling stuff. The Money in the Bank pay-per-view is going to be this Sunday. So you know the Productive Conversations wrestling correspondents are coming in. And then we have Justin Riley next Thursday, which will be a very awesome and special episode. This guy knows what the hell he's doing. Great head on his shoulder. And we're going to have a lot of fun with that. But besides that, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your weekend. Make people proud, make people smile, and it will come to you. Some good karma. So with that, my name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. And I will see you all very, very soon. Make some big moves, everybody. Peace. All she needed was some